You ready? All right. Welcome to um, Go Ahead, I'm Listening, a melanin-minded mental health podcast. I am Cam, one of the co-hosts of the show. Um, And I'm Prof, the other co-host. To our very first episode. I think that we're very excited about this. You excited? I am excited. Um, I'm elated. Yeah? Prof, you're elated. This is my exciting voice. (laughs) Um... We are not just co-hosts. This is also my partner. Um, And hopefully we can create something beautiful. Um, I think that one of the things we're really wanting to do this podcast is to create a space where we're allowing um, our stories to be told from a mental health lens. um, That we are creating a space for education and understanding, but also... um, just for some real shit, you know, like um, to have conversations about mental health, about um, our struggle, black folk struggle, black folk story in a way that um, is unique and in a way where we can um, really reach people. What will you say back? And, oh. I, and, I, and I find it to be necessary uh, for one reason is because um, the story of black people not necessarily told from all black people. Mm-hmm. Um, all black people don't have um, representation. And all black people don't necessarily get to narrate the way that their story is told socially and globally. And they are experienced by others as it relates to the stories that other people tell, which ain't fair. And um one of the things that we want to do on this platform is allow people to tell their story in their own language, the way that they see it. Um, I just think it'll provide more insight for other people who probably may have assumed things that now they know, um, you know, they probably should have kept their assumptions to themselves. Right. Um, And also I think another thing for us is that um, we're not just, one, we regular black folks, right? <laughs> like, like, I think that... What's regular black? Us. Okay. <laughs> we regular black people. <laughs> but we also, like, have a space where I think that that is relevant. Um, I'm a psychiatrist. Um, and so I also come from a lens of um, being a physician um, and prof. I also... Um, am a um not a psychiatrist i am a uh, licensed professional counselor um and have been doing this for about four or five years now um also in school uh, currently writing my dissertation um pursuing a phd in clinical psychology uh, with the concentration in forensics yeah and so hopefully um you know, this becomes something big and you'll see us grow through our process. Um, and also willing to learn. Yes. Um, I think that uh, one of the things that my mama say that I like that she say is um, every day is a school day. Um, that's even for adults. Um, rarely do we equate learning um, past a certain really chronological age, not even really developmental. Like we think once you pass like 18 or 22, you just supposed to know certain stuff. And, um, now that's really not true, man. You should learn something every day. Mm -hmm. Um, the more you learn, 
or the wisest of people really understand that the more that they learn, the, the, the less that they that they actually are aware that they know. Like they when you learn so much, you, you are aware that there's eons more for you to learn. Like once you answer a question, it only um, creates two more questions. Um, the, this to me um, will allow some people not only to like um, kind of rectify the way that they felt about certain populations, but it also allow uh, those of us who feel like we are in the professional space to be um, also enlightened because people change. That's why research is monthly, weekly. Um, and it's necessary. Um, one of the things that we're going to do on this podcast is try to be at the forefront of people's stories, mm-hmm. um, appreciating them the way that they are delivering them. And that we're um, individually, like not just how we see other people, but also how we see ourselves. I think that ultimately... Um, the growth should be individual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, hopefully we challenge you to think of things or our um, guests challenge you to think of things about yourself that you don't appreciate that isn't necessarily externalized, but is internalized. That um, at This first episode will be a little bit different than I think all of our episodes will be. Um, that, the majority of our episodes y- yes. will be. That we will have guests. This episode, though, is just y'all getting to know us. Just us. And some of the episodes is going to be just this. Because we will have dope conversation and discourse between the two of us. Yes. Yes. And so some of it will be us. But we generally will have guests. So the second episode, we will have a guest. Anyway. So how about we get into it, Beth? Um, Oh, you recently challenged me... um, You asked me a question um, about how we identify. I want to talk about us a little bit. Mm -hmm. We identify as partners, right? And I think that as we've met people, um, this often comes up a lot. Like, why Mm -hmm. do we identify as partners instead of maybe boyfriend or girlfriend or some other form of identity? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came up for us is... um, I defer to him and not really appreciating like that. I defer to him a lot. Like when people ask like what you say, right? Um, and I think that there are different reasons, but I think to really like talk about like why that is important, like even how this podcast came about, like is seeing someone as, as my partner. So I'm going to start this time okay, with like what, why I choose this language because language is important, right? Like how, what the names that we use, um, that we should think about, mm-hmm, about our identities Um, And it may be a little bit different, but for me, um, one of the reasons why I prefer to identify this grown man as my partner um, is because he's not a boy. Um, I see him as a man. I see him as um, someone who I want to grow with, that I think that we met in certain spaces in our life that we both, I'm sure, but I'll just talk about me individually. Um, did work thinking about like what type of relationship that I wanted to have, but also my own like development, right? Like being the type of person that I want to be, right? So this involved like going through school, 
going through therapy, like going through other aspects of myself to one, not necessarily be a complete person, but to get as close to it on my own as I can. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is always an objective that like, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not ideal, but that at least that I have done work to get to, into a space that I could attract someone who, um, may be able to meet me at a level in their own personal growth and that through each other we can grow more right and so Mm -hmm. he always talked about like wanting to meet someone who was willing to do the work and i think that if you're willing to do the work you one have to identify that there was work that you need to do right and true and to me like that sounds like partnership when i think of just like Mm -hmm. what a partner is even if we think like just business wise right like um if someone is in a business relationship with a partner, I almost think that they are starting from a place where, yes, they both have these ideas. We starting from a place where we have some equal understanding and footing where we got some shit in common, right? And a common objective. But our goal is to expand and to grow, right? Mm. And so um, that realizing that alone, I probably like I could be straight. But I need this partner to help bring out other shit, to have other ideas that are going to help me, right? And so I think that like partnership is really a more beautiful space, um, a more encompassing space than like this language that we're just taught to use, like boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Um, Also, partnership seems more balanced in the roles, right? Like, so not that you necessarily have to have specific gender roles um, where that are being placed upon you, but that like we are both equally in this, that we are both a part of this thing. Right. And so however we can help and support each other. But is not really equal. Okay. But we equal. I get it. Yes. It's more like, uh, what would you call it? Um... One's equity. Mm-hmm. They bring their total value, whatever that value is. Mm-hmm. It's not really equivalent. You just bring your version of the hundred percent of you, and I bring my version of the hundred percent of me. Mm-hmm. I actually like your um, business analogy, and I'm gonna take it a step further and say that. Um, not only do I need this partner to um, go further as it relates to business, but uh, this also means that if I want to optimize my business, my particular responsibilities within the business must be met. Mm-hmm. Like I can not only like um, um, know, if you will, my responsibilities to meet with the lawyers and make sure the legalities and the paperwork and the zoning restrictions and all of that is taken care of. I can not only know that, I actually have to apply my energy towards that and mm-hmm. start working on that. Um, while my business partner may be in charge of, you know, um, finding the building, if you will, and making sure that the economics or 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 up to par right and we are in appreciating that like we both have our own history our own trauma our own experiences that will affect us true true and um how in relation 
how it relates to this relationship. Like, do we understand each other? Empathize, compassion is kind of like one of my things, like understanding empathy and compassion, like a kind of a growing hierarchy of important concepts of love. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So maybe we can also love. Talk about love. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about love. Um, to, to talk about what you're saying, though, like, um, could could we understand each other? Mm-hmm. Um, us two, um, specifically. Yeah, I think, man, we understand each other, like, as much as you can. Yeah. Um, but I don't really necessarily think it's about an understanding more than it is about uh, um, consistent desire to understand. Sure. Because maybe I want to understand on Tuesday and don't feel like it on Wednesday. Um, that That is the part where I don't know if people in relationships appreciate when they say effort. Like mm-hmm. I gave effort. And, you know, um, what type of effort did you give? Like, um, I mean, to thine own self be true. This is not to judge anyone's behavior. This is just to say, to be honest with yourself about like what it is that you are, um, your value system as it relates to relationship. Mm -hmm. And then the way that you then engage in relationships, the behavior going to speak toward the value. But see, I'm also saying, though, that like, yes, you're not, you're not always going to be understood. You're not always going to be in the space to be understood. Clearly, we know that. Um, but that's why I think like empathy, like and compassion comes from like it might be Tuesday. and You're not with my shit. Right. Mm-hmm. But if I am empathizing and if I'm really like and if we can think of it like empathy as like the ability to understand, not just to understand, but to take it another level to see things from someone else's perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't have to take shit personally. Right. So maybe you're not in the mood on Tuesday, but maybe Friday you are. And maybe I wore you out Friday through Monday and you were allowed the space and, and uh, to just not be okay in the way that I wasn't okay the last few days. Right. And um, and to not take it as like you don't fuck with me or you don't care about mm-hmm. me, right? But that like everybody needs their own amount of space, their own amount of like ability to step back and to like process and to say, look, this shit is overwhelming, right? Like it's a lot. It is a lot. I need to think about like what I'm experiencing, how I'm understanding whatever conflict or I guess we talk, or lack of conflict has been going on, but I need my own space, right? And so that's why I feel like all things are at play all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, and if we can understand, like maybe my partner ain't on the mood, but I got a partner, and ultimately, fundamentally, at the core, they fuck with me, right? Mm-hmm. That's important to know. Yeah, like so, this moment is not the totality of our relationship. Yeah. This is a human being. That's important. Like having, like I don't think that anyone can exist. And I, I also think that this is where we go wrong in relationships, right? Like mm-hmm. that we think that like you always supposed to be on. Mm-hmm. Like you always supposed to. Nah, like sometimes you not going to fucking be there for me in the way that I need. True. Because you're going through your own shit. And you're going through your own stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and that maybe like as you're going through it, um, it is too draining and you need to to focus on yourself. And sometimes it, it could not even be that. Like I talk to clients all the time about the experience mm-hmm. of isolation. Mm-hmm. Um and and I and I try to tell them that um, you know, to be isolated, to be isolated mm-hmm. is sometimes not necessarily your reality more than it is your experience. Um, like sometimes you need somebody to talk to, and you text your two best friends, and they don't hit you back, and then you call your mom, but she worked late, and she don't hit you back, and. Your two best friends was at the football game that you missed. And, you know, everybody was busy according to their version of busy, but they were not neglecting you. But that's but that's how you feel. Right. You feel like nobody picked up the phone. I don't care what it was they was doing. They didn't pick up the phone. But that but that's not necessarily the reality. That is your inability to appreciate the entire situation, your inability to kind of not necessarily view things objectively, but appreciate the subjective experience of the ones you are trying to reach. Like what could be the reason, reason, if you will, on why they didn't answer the phone? What what else could make sense other than they trying to avoid me? When these are the same people you fuck with, you really think they trying to avoid you? Like you wouldn't have called them. That also, though, I mean, to get into like some CBT goes to cognitive distortions too, right? Like that. So what comes from that is then they don't care about me, right? Mm -hmm. Deeper. Core beliefs, I'm unworthy of love. I'm alone. Mm-hmm. But the reality is something different. But it's extreme thinking. Like we 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 um we ascribe extreme thinking to adolescents all the time. But it's really not an adolescent specific thing. Like I see it in adults, like not even just clients, but in everybody, yeah. like in people, like a dude. Get a compliment from a girl. Uh, I like your jacket. And he heard she loves him. And the um, candle. And she wants to be with him. Mm-hmm. That's what she heard. It. I also think, though, that it gets more complicated, though. Because even our mothers... The, talk about relationships, right? Our, our parents, our friends, we still have different expectations we can excuse them not being present in a way that like when i call you and i need you i need you to show the fuck up like my as my partner you have a different level of obligation to me and vice versa i think it's unrealistic mm-hmm. i think those are unrealistic expectations like, but we exist in them we do, but it, it's on us to internalize them. It's on us to accept them. It's like a girl's version of, uh, or not version, or rather, but um, goal and objective to get married. And yeah. she's never considered the concept. Like she's internalized the behavior and the goal, but she's never considered what it means to be married to a person forever. 
Where will we stay? Where will, where, where will I be in five years? Will I want to spend Christmas with his family? Like all of these things are kind of important if you're thinking about living with a person forever. Yeah. Am I willing to tolerate him not putting the toothpaste back on uh, the toothpaste top back on the toothpaste? Like, part of how I know we don't really consider concepts, period, not just marriage, is because... You can see the residue uh, or the outcome, rather, of us not considering them. Which like, is, like you can see divorce rates. Sure. Like the stick-to-itiveness that you that you can that you thought and that you was grandiose about. Like, nobody really want to do that. Especially today, man. You can swipe left and swipe right. Like, sure. you live in a convenient society. Yeah, I also think, like, I think children are a good example of that. I think that people fall in love with the idea of having children and not the reality of what it means to raise children. Like, motherfuckers, like, are looking for having babies to fulfill, really, often, a lot of fucking childhood trauma. And a lot, like, this person who's going to love you unconditionally, you can love them unconditionally. And actually, that shit don't always pan out that way. If you're lucky... Like, but the reality is that have more than one kid and you see how different them they are, right? But also like um that it's a fantasy um that goes beyond just like this baby and like we know some some stuff's gonna be hard when they first come home from the hospital. Um we ain't gonna get no sleep and this and that, but there are so many levels to it, right? That I think about <laughs> I got a sidebar real quick. You being like, having a kid is the perfect way to ruin a relationship. I'm talking about <laughs> like, That you were like, I'm going to create this other person who is going to create a rift between me and my partner. We like, finally nailing it. Like, right. We, I done we like, waited a hundred years. I like this person. For a good time. Now I found my good time. We kicking it the way I want to kick it. We talking the way I want to talk. And then you have a kid. <laughs> I mean, I really couldn't think of a worse decision to make. Honestly. Having children. Then, then, I mean, if you, because some people like feel like having a kid during bad times uh, make it be a good time. I think that that's poor thinking as well. But for some people, they feel like it worked. Yeah. Who? I don't know. Because I, I, I do think that people think that. I, I think the reality think is something different. I think it makes a bad situation worse. <laughs> I would <laughs> I would <laughs> agree with that. Worse. Wholeheartedly. All we got to do is look at divorce rates. We ain't even got to talk about divorce. Because mm -hmm. let's talk about the fact that a lot of people have children in and don't get married. Right? Let's True. just Let's just talk about relationships. Right? True. That having a kid sometimes is the ending of a relationship. How many people be like, nah, I don't ever remember my parents being together. They they broke up when my mama was pregnant with me. Or when I was six months old or this and that. Like, it ain't this fantasy. Like, And I think that that's the part that as a society we're not being fair about. Like, one, 
in particular for black people, we've been giving poor models, giving poor models, right? What's a poor model? Shit, all of it. <laughs> Be fair now. I'm black. I'm black. <laughs> sensitive what's a, to your people. What's, what's a poor model? I think a poor model is this is something that I find even when I was like, uh, I'm 38. So I remember being in high school and having friends who'd be like, I don't want to get married, but I want kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And this ideal of co-parenting that like people get wrapped into. And I don't think reality is that one, just poor models of one parenting, poor models of like the responsibility of relationship that like, I really do fundamentally think that like, we shouldn't be having, like, if you don't, you are going to spend the rest of your life this with this person when it doesn't stop at 18, right? True. So like, um, like parenting really never stops. And True. this person will be in your life forever. Because even when your child is grown, like anyone with adult children is still parenting. True. Um, and when they have children, you're still parenting. And then you might have to help parent their children. I talk to my mom every week. Yeah. And some of it is also like, and then you have to be around this person because you know what? Y'all show grandkids. Y'all got to go to graduations. Y'all got to go to like your grandkids events. Like so, and great grandkids and his weddings and shit. And like, you will be involved with them in some way, even if you never talk to them, like that's your kid's parent. That's your kid's daddy. They got grandmas um, that you have relationships um, with their family. That will never go away. Some people even don't have children together and still have lifelong relationships with people, you know? And so, um, like, I think that, like, even that is just a poor model, um, a poor model of responsibility, a poor model of relationship that um, there is this ideal that, like, it's just going to work out and it doesn't. And unfortunately, I think that a lot of, so this is the thing. I, I hold a lot of responsibility and maybe it's unfair on women. This is some stuff. My mother, I used to be critical of her of this, but always put into me that her mama put into her was never have more children than you can take care of on your own. And so I used to, when I was younger, be like, oh, this is preparing black women to be single parents and this and that. Like we, we are starting with the fundamental idea that like we're going to be a single parent. I realize now that's actually really important. Yes. Yes. You shouldn't have more children than you can take care of on your own. How you think you want to raise your children. Think of that from you being the only one who's going to do that. Now, do some men become single parents? Yes. Men should also think of that way. This, this fine girl. I know it's a lot of people in my family. I have male friends who it, as they be like, women ain't built the way that they used to. Although I would argue women have always been doing this, but it does seem to be more rampant now. I know a lot more single fathers that the women, the women will bounce. You got to raise them kids on your own. I just think that statistically, if we're being fair, it is more of a responsibility for women. Yeah, I think in some men make up like four percent of single household families. Yeah. Um. But to really appreciate... But they exist. Yes, absolutely. And I think we both probably know men. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I have men in my family who are single parents. The woman just, she went into it. Um, so, um, 
so that that is just a reality that like the thought that like you were going to do this and that it's not just like, oh, well, he promised me this and he promised me that. Like, also, you got to appreciate that, like, when you created that child, I don't really care what he said. Like, were you in a space where you could be responsible on your own for taking care of that, of that kid um, and all that encompasses that? Because they might not be there. Um, and do you have a village, a support system, a network? Because um, I also think that it does take a village, like... Another thing I'm critical of, of like just saying I'm a single parent. I think that most people don't exist as single parents. Mm-hmm. Like most people have a village, even in a traditional family, people depend on their parents. Like even grandparents. My God, yeah. You know how many grandparents pick up kids from school? Aunts, uncles. Yes. No, nah, that's a big deal. <laughs> like, like, Friends today. Yeah. Like how friends is on yo like emergency, emergency release. Yeah. And sometimes mama ain't even the person the school is gonna call. Mama can't come. Auntie so and so gotta come. And you know how black people are. Auntie ain't necessarily a biological. Man, I've been on auntie. <laughs> auntie your auntie me. though. Yeah. Auntie be at the family reunion. Auntie is yes, that's my auntie. Yeah. Blood could make us yeah. no closer. My um, and as I'm saying this, I have three children, right? <laughs> like um, but that I know that there are people in my life, in my village, who my kids, especially my little kids, I have a five year old, would like trip out if I'm like, you know, that's not really my sister, right? <laughs> like that's not their reality. Like their reality is like, nah, that's my aunt. No, that's important too. Yeah. All right, take a village. Take a village. And so just thinking, I think that like all relationships, though, like how we think about them, how we take things to the next level, that we have to be more insightful. Um, I don't know that I agree with you that like we just shouldn't have children. Um, I think that we should be more intentional about how we have children. And even Mm, that, you know how I feel. (laughs) I know how you feel. But I want to challenge that. So you also made a decision to join in this relationship with someone with three children. So, <laughs> so I I think that I think that you like what you like, and then whatever come with that, you already jumped in that water. That is what it is. You either acquiesce or get out the water. Like so. Like you, you, you probably don't want kids and then your sister crash and then you stuck with her three babies. Sure. Like, so that's life. Like get with it. Yeah. It may have happened to you differently, but get with it. Like that. So I I don't care about none of that. Mm -hmm. Like whatever need to be done in the capacity of me being responsible for those children, I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to do. You know that. I fuck with them. Yeah, yeah. But not necessarily about that. Like I, I fuck with you, right? And like, it's really whatever you come with. I'm just with that shit. Mm-hmm. Like you don't got like you could have came with. 
not even three kids. You could have came with um, orphanage. You don't know your mom and daddy. You grew up stripping. Like you, well, I'm already in. I'm locked in. Yeah. Like that's one of the things I dig about dudes. Mm-hmm. Is like it take them a minute. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> And I'm going to get on us after a while. But it take them a minute. But once they be locked in, they locked in. Yeah, yeah. Like they be like, whatever. It is what it is. Whatever she come with. Yeah. I was recently having, today, actually, a conversation about you. Um, but with my cousin, Wukai. And um, I was like, one of the things I know. I don't care what this dude is done. He could be 50, 40, 30, 25. When a man, like how women be like, like this mystique about men, like how do you know if they into you? And I'm like, I really fundamentally believe that like when a man is aware of like what he wants, he's going to move in a certain way. When he wants something, when he's interested, when he he's buying in, like he moves. It's not a question. You don't have to question that shit. Like, I like that shit. Like the truth just exists. Like you, you don't have to like wonder. True. Like he will show up. Like, like, like climate change. Yes. You can deny it. Yeah. But it got a whole language. It it exists. It's not a theory. It is manifesting. Like, nah. I I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Like, and we it doesn't have to be mystified. You also know when folks really ain't fucking with you. True. <laughs> like, see, like, let me tell you this. So, this is my gripe. One of my gripes against women is like, they can see that. Like, I talk to a lot of women who be like, I know game. I know this. I know when the dude trying to do this. I know when dudes trying to do that. And I be like, that's cool. So, why mm-hmm. so many unsuccessful attempts? Like, somebody lying. Mm-hmm. Like, Either you don't know, and it's time for you to probably pay more attention to your engagements with men, or you do know, and you only have knowledge and you're not applying it. That's wisdom. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is? Application of knowledge. Okay. The ability to live life skillfully. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So just to know that's cool, but so? Yeah. What you going to do with that? Yeah. Like you just knowing, let's let's say you know. I don't think you know, but let's say you know. You just knowing and not doing allow you to carry on the moniker that men ain't nothing, that black men ain't shit, that dudes da 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 da. Like you get to say that because you are not using what you know. Like for instance, you meet a dude, mm-hmm. you you. You got you got your you got your non-negotiables. You got your list of what you want to do to come with. Say it's like five things. You meet a dude. He one thing on the list. You rock with him. Mm-hmm. That's the that's problem number one, and really that's the only problem. Mm-hmm. See, like. One of the reasons I like dudes is because if he got five things on the list, like I need a girl with a car, a crib, a job, no kids, and and, and a degree. If you got three, he going to rock with you. But he also looking for the girl with the other two. Mm-hmm. 
He never forgot what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like a girl, a, a rock with a dude who got like half a thing on her five uh, item list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he only got half of that. Uh-huh. Like he went to school, but he ain't finished. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, "He got so much potential." Yeah, already forgetting about all the heartbreaks since sixteen. She yeah. twenty six. Yeah, she thirty two. She forty five. Yeah, like at what point you gonna have to come to the realization that maybe I don't know as much as I think I know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to pay more attention. Maybe they are pulling the wool over my eyes. Or are they? I, I mean, you, you... Or do we create the wool? I think that women create a lot of their own wool. They do, but I don't want to, you know... I can say that. Oh, it sounds like we coming for women. We I'm go, not. We gonna come for women a little bit. I'm not coming for that women. We create, I do. If <laughs> I can not. think of myself. Okay. If I can think of my friends. Okay. That I think that sometimes we create the wool. We have and I also think that like this like list is also arbitrary. Yes. Yeah. Like like it's not necessary. I do think that there are core things that yes, you should absolutely have. You don't go to church, church ain't your shit, and you dating somebody who go to church every Sunday, that might be a problem. You might love them to death. I mean, it could be dope. But it's also like you got to see what type of person this is. Is this the person that's open to certain stuff? But that if that is fundamentally what you want, either one, you're going to completely accept the person and that can be beautiful. I just don't think that people do that. I think True. that like like we'd be like, nah, we accept them. But really at our core is wanting them to change. I think women do this more than men. Okay. Like, like it's wanting, like I see their potential. They're going to change. Um, and not really appreciating like who they are, and I can see that that women be lying too. It looks different, right? Like our lives look different. So maybe this dude really not ready for what he's telling. He don't want to lose you, so he gonna lie. He gonna do this and that. You know he ain't shit. But as you showing up, that shit is not pure. Like that shit is manipulative and untrue too. That's why so many women be like, the first go-to is look at everything I did for you. And if everything you did for him is what you think you should have been doing, you're not going to be resentful about it. Like that's just how what love looks like, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. If... I wake up yeah. every morning and make you breakfast and pack your lunch and cook you dinner. I don't know that it's fair to throw that in your face when you fuck up, right? If that's how, like, if, if, if like, because that is how I express love. True. And it should be ideally unconditional. That does not mean that, like, you... What you are or aren't doing should not change what I think I should be doing, right? Or not necessarily what you think you should be doing, but what it is you value. Okay. Like yeah. to thine own self be true. 
If you value, this is outside of mate. If you value waking up in the morning, cooking breakfast for self or others, then I agree. Mm-hmm. It should not be. Mm-hmm. But if you doing this. Mm-hmm. Because of another motivating factor. Mm-hmm. It's not intrinsic. It has something to do with something else. Right. This will get them or this will do yes. this. Or like, and I think that's what we do. I think that then, you know, yeah, you do have the right to say I did this because then, you know. But then it's not sincere. It, I mean, it never was. Yeah. You're just exposing it to him. You knew it never was. Yeah. Now it's just his turn. It's his turn to know. Yeah. And I think you do have the right to say that because... I mean, you just calling a spade a spade. I can appreciate that. I hear what you're saying. I just don't think, though, that um, it's fair. I think in the way that we are able to subjectively look at what he ain't doing and we not doing the same for ourselves, right? Um, that, like... That we're, we're not being objective of like, because I think that a lot of women do that shit and they're not really into it, right? Even, for example, um, I remember this was like a year or two ago with my kids. I was like, I'm going to wake up and make them breakfast every morning. This is how I'm going to show them love and this and that and like caring because like I'd be rushing in the mornings and um, and like they will appreciate this. And I remember like getting up for like a week is about as long as it lasted. They wouldn't fucking eat breakfast. And they were like, we don't want that. We want to eat at school. <laughs> and I was like, this shit is out of love. Like y'all supposed to sit down and be thankful that I'm doing this for you. Right. And appreciate that. Like I woke up 45 minutes early to make sure that like I was able to get ready and I could still have time to cook you breakfast. Right. And we're going to sit down or y'all at least going to eat it. And they'd be like, no, nah, we don't want that. Right. And then realizing that wasn't about them. That isn't necessarily them being ungrateful. I'm sure like that was about me. That was like selfish on my part. Like me saying that like this was important to me. This ain't necessarily important to them. They want to go to school and eat breakfast with their friends. That is more important. Parents do do this too, right? Like, and then parents be like, what about all them times? And the kid be like, for we do the, sports is always a thing. Like, we remember the one situation our mama didn't come to the game that we wanted them to be at. They could have been at 100 games. We're going to remember that one game they didn't show up for, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And just like understanding that like that's your stuff. That's not your kid's stuff. That's your stuff. That ain't your partner's stuff. That ain't like like to appreciate my children is to appreciate that like really probably the better thing to do would be to make sure that they up early so they can get dropped off early on time so that they can go be with their friends to have breakfast. Right. Um, And I just think that like relationships work a lot like that right like that like we do these things with the expectations and i guess maybe this falls into unmet expectations right that the other person is going to be appreciative and when they're not it's taken as an insult personally but like to not be insightful about what our motivation is um 
and that to feel like they're not showing up for us when really like it's selfish. It's selfish. You're not appreciating the other person. What do you think? I, I, I dig that. I really do. I do. Um, I mean... I mean, I just find a lot of um, us people um, mm-hmm. around this. I ain't even going to say in my age bracket. I'm going to say from around 14, 15 and up. Mm-hmm. Um, Dang Yeah. 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 To be, um, you know, in a space of... Um, just social internalization of all values. Mm-hmm. Like, prior to that, I think we thought about stuff. We were inquisitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, people shut us up with with, with um, um, silly responses or sometimes anger, like, get out of my face. But um, we were inquisitive. Mm-hmm. And um, somewhere along the way, we just lost, like the fuel and the motivation to inquire like what are these new values do i really dig this what do it even mean to me mm-hmm. like we don't even ask this type of stuff like we just internalize them and then we end up in a relationship defined by external values and then we mad at like what's going on i mean you live in like another person's like ideal if you will mm-hmm. or you know at least what they presume to be an ideal most people get into it and because they never defined it for themselves it stinks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like they just want to be together like but what do that mean mm-hmm. honestly today I think it means I want to have sex with you I think when I say I want to be with you, I think it means I want to have sex with you. Like access to... Yes, I think I I want to be able to have sex with you anytime that I want. I think that's what it means today to be with somebody. Mm. I mean, maybe we have a kid, maybe we don't. Maybe we try marriage, maybe we don't. We going to argue... You're going to have your point. I'm going to have my point. Mm -hmm. We ain't going to really try to work shit out. Mm -hmm. But the consistent thing about us, Mm -hmm. like the thing that we do is we going to have sex. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that's like people's, I don't know if they understand it like this, Mm -hmm. but that is people's function of like a relationship. Do you think that's more true for men? Hmm. Men are socially seen as like um, the person who wants to like frequent this behavior, if you will. But I also think that like they they engaging with the, in this behavior with somebody else, mm-hmm. like that other person have like a say so, have values, have. Um, stuff that they into. Um, like you got women today who will make a phone call and say, "No, nah, I just 
I just want to have sex. Come on, text him. And he come over and be like, you need to leave. Damn. You know, that's something that probably 20 years ago, women would have made a song about, about <laughs> men, you know, doing women like that. Yeah. See, like me personally, I don't really think it was about um, um, men being wrong. I think it was about like women just not having the social space to engage in that type of behavior. Yeah. Because like now you see women engage in it and like they still get to say men are wrong because that's like the the social standard, if you will. Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, to to be outside in 2019, you understand it. Like, no, it's different. Yeah. It's different. So I was thinking about us <laughs> mm-hmm. and like expectation um and thinking about like spaces in which like I felt like my needs weren't met mm-hmm. and I just wanted to bring this up like as it relates that's okay um And I recently told you that, like, there was a situation a few months ago where, like, I felt, like, extremely vulnerable and felt like I needed you to be present for me and you weren't present for me. Um, almost felt, like, rejected, right? Like, where, like, I think the text was, like, I need to come home, like, or come to my house. I need you to be here with me. Um, and you were like, no. And how um, incredibly for me, as someone like who values autonomy and being able to take care of myself, right, in a lot of ways, like um, as as I'm not always okay, but like emotionally, financially, uh, but that like, and I also want to acknowledge that there are a million ways. It's kind of what I was saying with kids, like I like you you show up for me. In a lot of ways, ways that I'm even like, I don't even need you to show up, like, right? And like, you're there. Um, but like that one time that you weren't there for me, like how that, like even has fundamentally, like, well, I was like, and I didn't express this to you, but it was like, I'm never going to ask you to do that again because it was too painful. The rejection that I felt, was that your intention I think that if I'm being objective, no, like kind of what we were saying earlier, you needed the space um, to be okay with yourself. Like you couldn't be present for me in that moment. Um, but like how painful that was for me, right? As I'm like going my equivalent of crazy, I'm not doing okay. Like I'm suffering. Um, and so to add to like, being someone like um, with a mental health diagnosis um, and that like we know. So to, um, to really kind of like expand on this, like, so it's not like I'm talking out the blue, but to also ask like your thoughts on this, um, that like I suffer from a condition called um, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, right? A few days before my period is pretty consistent. Um, maybe like the week before, um, I often fall in, for me, it manifests itself more depressive, right? Like, so I even call it like my dark space where like I can be doing good 
And one day I'm like, I just want to go into my room. I don't want to talk to anyone. I want to turn the lights off. I don't engage with my children. Um, there's more conflict between the two of us, um, really for no, and I know you hate it when I say for no reason, <laughs> like, um, but it does for me fit like, I know what the reason is, but it isn't because you've done anything or anyone's done anything or there's a stressor. It is just like this real, like hormonal. So let that be a message to everybody. It's always a reason. Even if people say, I'm sad, I'm anxious, I'm anything, it's a reason. Nothing happens out the purple. <laughs> Nothing just happens. It is a reason that things occur. Actually. Sometimes it's just chemical. Yeah. Yes. So that's what, what I mean by that. Like more. Um, and even. Biologically think, chemical. Yeah. I think to even get into like part of the goal of this podcast is to educate. I don't think that we want to be like pure information. Like we want to have conversations uh, sure. about um, people's real experiences. So I am just going to pull out my DSM-5 and real quickly. You okay with this? I guess. Premenstrual <laughs> so, <laughs> dysphoric disorder, just to provide an education. Um, there have to be certain diagnostic criteria met. And so we'll just go through it. There are... Um, Different areas. So in the majority of menstrual cycles, at least five symptoms. So you got to have five of these must be present in the final week before on the onset of menses. So before you start bleeding, right? And that they start to improve within a few days after the onset of menses and become minimal or absent in the weeks post menses. So one or more of the four. So that's the first criteria. Like it has to be a, around your menses. So one or more of the following symptoms must be present. Marked effective lability, mood swings, feeling suddenly sad or tearful, increased sensitivity to rejection. Kind of what exactly what I'm saying. Menses is a fancy way to say before you start bleeding. Yes. Okay. Yes, before your period starts. Okay. All right. And then the next one is marked irritability or anger or increased interpersonal conflicts. Third is marked depressed mood, feelings of hopelessness or self-deprecating thoughts. The fourth one is mark anxiety, tension, and our feelings of being keyed up or on the edge. And the next criteria is one or more of the following symptoms must additionally be present to reach uh, a total of five. So one of those first four and then one of this next category. So, so you only need one. Yes. In each category. So the first four it can be all four, it could be one, but this next category has to include one of these. And it has to be five total. Okay. 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 So in this category, it has to exist. So decreased interest in usual activities, subjective difficulty in concentrating, lethargy, easy uh, fatigability, or marked lack of energy. So now we have four. Mm -hmm. Four is marked change in appetite, overeating, or specific food cravings. Five is hypersomnia or insomnia. Okay. Six is a sense of being overwhelmed or out of control. And seven is physical symptoms such as breast tenderness or swelling, joint or muscle pain, and a sensation of bloating. Um, so you only need one of them. One of them. And then... So I'm going to say this. In this... If this sounds sexist, edit this out. <laughs> now um, we're gonna keep it. No, 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 no. we're <laughs> so, gonna keep it. 
um, I would argue that a lot of women have that. So they do. So this also that's like undiagnosed. No. So what I think we traditionally call um, menstrual syndrome, right? So when people think of PMS, the tendencies, yes, like the bloating, the um, irritability, things like that. Like people, that is different than PMDD, right? So you only need one of those symptoms. PMDD is like the only really good way to explain it because a lot of women experience that, right? And they might have more changes in appetite and like being tired. Decreased pain. interest in actual... Um, in usual activities. In usual activities. Yeah. But PMDD includes, really think about that first category, right? And in fact, Those the are first th category includes... What? You want me to go back? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark affective lability. Okay. And that's a fancy way to say. Mood swings. Feeling suddenly sad or tearful or increased sensitivity to rejection. Marked irritability or anger and increased interpersonal conflicts. Marked depressed mood. Feelings of hopelessness or self-deprecating thoughts. And marked anxiety, tension, and our feelings of being keyed up or on edge. Right? So I don't know that most women um, feel that. Really, the premenstrual symptoms that are... Um, that is what differentiates the two, right? And you only need one of those. One. You only need, hold on, you only need one of the, the ones you just read. No, the ones you just read, really, ideally, when we're thinking of uh, premenstrual dysphoric syndrome, mm -hmm. you need more of those to differentiate it from, like, regular PMS. Like, a lot of women experience regular PMS. Most women who, before their period, even if they're, like, they are not getting, like, severely depressed. But this second section is usually what we think of as, like, regular PMS, right? One to eat more, um, being a little bit tired, um, having bloating or weight gain, breast tenderness. A lot of women experience that, right? Um, and so that is uh, overeating, things like that. That also is just... PMS. PMDD has the moods. This is what makes it a psychiatric diagnosis, right? Like as a clinician, right? Like functional impairment is the per is the important thing. It is the key. Right? So even if you have mood irritability, does it affect your ability to function? Mm -hmm. If it does not, you're probably not meeting criteria. If it becomes same thing with substance abuse. Yeah. If it becomes a problem. Then we talk about a real diagnosis, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, because some people can just function with stuff and it's not a, a big deal. So for me, from my personal experience, it becomes functionally impairing. Like I'm saying, I can't engage with my children. I can't engage with you. Work falls off, things like that. Like I am a different person before my period. Also, and this has been going on since I was a teenager, right? Like, I would just, my parents, like, you were just crazy. Like, crazy has been the thing. Like, and feeling so out of control and not really being able, not having the, not having the language to explain what is going on with me. I even still use the language like you corrected me on is that it happens for nothing. Um, that it is a something, but in the sense that, like, I've been clinically depressed before. But there were clear reasons why I was depressed, you know, like um, there were triggers. There were things that I can identify that was going on in my life that was causing this to occur. With PMDD, it is kind of like 
is Monday. Almost the way I knew my period was coming on and the way that like, because I would start to get depressed because I would notice that like, I am not engaging in the world or like I am acting like bat shit lunatic, right? Like everything, things that like typically don't mess with me, like are causing me to be out of control. And, and I know that I've shared this with you a lot that like some of it is like this feeling of like not being okay um, making me feel like unlovable, like, um, who wants to deal with this crazy woman. Right. Um, and it's not cute. It's not like, um, you know, there's like a lot of, Oh, she on her period. She on the rat. Like, nah, like I'm not okay in these moments. And um, so like dealing with that and then this leading to like, uh, black relationships, um, that involve mental health issues like dealing with that is not necessarily well I ain't gonna say that let me phrase it like this dealing with that is easier with an understanding of what's going on mm -hmm. like without a real understanding of what's going on it's it's more difficult to deal with um like if you showed up at your house and you was locked out you would go insane like who locked me out of my house who, who is tripping somebody that lost their mind if you showed up to your house after not paying rent for three months and you was locked out you would be less irritable mm -hmm. not saying that you wouldn't be irritable you would be less irritable. Your your ability to understand the situation would release and reduce some of that anxiety and irritability. You don't like what's going on, but you understand it. So the rejection, how I interpreted it was like, he don't give a fuck about me. Mm-hmm. And again, in like my own stoicism was like, never again. I'm never going to ask him for the space to like show up for me. Like um, not in this context, right? Like, like I'm going to go through this shit on my own, which is also unfair, I think, because like, you know, when I'm not okay, but I, I also like don't one want it to become an excuse. Like I have to be accountable for like my own. Like, I appreciate the understanding, like the compassion. I think like this is compassion, um, but also don't want it to be an excuse for like my own behavior. Like, oh, I'm just like, I think that we do that a lot. Like uh, people do that a lot. Like I ain't okay. Deal with all the shit I throw at you. I mean, if, if, if we don't, then maybe we have to contend with you defending your behavior. Mm -hmm. Well, but I also want to say though, that I don't want, I want it to be, from a compassionate space of like you not taking it personal. And I don't know that that's always easy, right? I don't know if that's, I, I was going to say, I don't know if that's realistic. That is realistic. Um, and I don't want to say, I don't know if that's fair. Cause I know it's not fair and fair really don't matter. Um, I think when a kid, um, 
one, two, three, four year old, you pick them up and y'all, you know, hanging out. And I think when the kid slaps you, um, although it's off guard and it hurt and I can't believe they did this, I think you don't slap them back. Because mm-hmm. your ability to understand. Like, I just, I think that understanding of a situation takes you far. I think it allows you to deal with the situation very differently. Listening to a story about a man on a train and um, he was on the train and this other man got on and the other man got on. He had three kids and the other man got on with three kids and the other man was, uh, you know, kind of moping. Uh, head in his lap, three kids on the train, they going bonkers. They running over people, feet, they switching uh, seats, they uh, talking loud, laughing, crying, everything. And finally, the man say, um, hey, man, you don't want to get your kids like they they causing ruckus, man. They 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 disturbing the patrons. Like, what are you doing? Like, you act like you can't hear them. Like, you're not even addressing none of it. You're not redirecting. And the dude was like, um, I'm sorry. Um, I apologize. They just lost their mother. And um, I don't really know what I'm going to do about rent because she was actually the breadwinner. And, um, you know, that changed the man's whole understanding of the situation. Information should change you. Mm-hmm. Like that that you don't know, that's cool that you don't know. But when you when you learn different stuff, when you when you are exposed to a different experience, like it should change you. Like you also have to appreciate that mental health, because I'm a person and I'm a part of this society as much as I, you know, come for it. Um that that mental health unlike physical health does not come with the 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 necessarily um um physiological or or observe um observable um features and characteristics like physical health Mm -hmm. so like if you're going through a heart attack i can see that Mm -hmm. i know what to do called 911 like i get it if you're going through a seizure i can see that but like if you going through a version of depression that is specific and come with features and meets a criteria, I can understand that if I have access to that information. But without it, that's very difficult to understand if we t- if we having conversations like usual, mm-hmm. if we defending our point like usual, if like none of the stuff is different. Yeah. I even think about like, I don't know, in this, in like as someone who I feel like should know better, like that when it's you and it's your own personal experience, it's just different. I respect that. Like it's just different. Um, like to just get it sometimes I think is unfair. Even I think the other day I did this because um, last week was my week. <laughs> It was a rough week. I just remember like just crying. Just like we started talking about something. And I was like brought up some childhood shit. It was like, I don't know that like 
it's still different. Like when I think of stigma, right? When I think of like one, and I think what you said is important, like not having an understanding, right? But even when we're supposed to have an understanding, like not wanting to be seen as flawed, right? Even. Um, it's so like, I'm going to say this to that. I totally get that. And I'm not running over that. I get that. I'm also saying that. That's a part of us not critically approaching the concept of mental health sure. and what it means to be mentally healthy. Like if we was approaching that concept like vigorously mm-hmm. and like critically and personally, I think that we would have a greater appreciation, especially with our egocentric selves for our personal experience with anything Mm -hmm. whether it be bipolar whether it be pmd like with anything Mm -hmm. because not only have we gotten into like the education of what it is that we are experiencing but but we've also gotten into ourselves like we've increased our personal sense of self-worth yeah like that that really has a lot to do with issues in our community. And this is like melanated mental health. So in our community, like self-hate and low self-esteem like runs rampant. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading an article today that said that the uh, the what would you call it most um most likely uh-huh. to have sexual intercourse as teenagers are those with low self-esteem that makes sense that in an american context okay i i'm i'm already ready to come for it i'm sorry give me oh, a minute yeah, you I know got how you. I got you. <laughs> Because I want to come, like, why the, nothing. why are we talking about women, like, women who, <laughs> you brought it up, though. <laughs> I almost want to finish. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, in an American context, um, teenage sex is not promoted directly okay okay does that make sense now yes. i have my own personal quorums about that with 16 and pregnant and all of that so it's not that i don't think it's not promoted indirectly but teenage sex is not promoted directly okay with that being said you know self-esteem leads towards the cultural value in essence what I'm saying is people with high self esteem tend to go to college graduate from high school get a pretty good career and marry that is the correlation with high self esteem Okay. people with low self esteem tend to do the averse okay not go to college not go to that's yes. what we what we assume. No, that is the correlation. This is not cause and effect. 
This does not say, because I, I, want, I want to make a distinction between what I'm saying. Correlation is not cause and effect. I am not saying people with low self-esteem do not go to school and do not graduate. That is not what I'm saying. Plenty of people with low self-esteem in college. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying at all. Okay. What I am saying is it is correlated. Meaning that they have a... They have a positive correlation. I don't know the article you were reading. I would love to read it. As a matter of fact, when we post this, you need to uh, put, provide a link to this article. Oh, that ain't about nothing. <laughs> that ain't about nothing. But and let me tell you something. <laughs> the correlation between success and self-esteem is not a... A uh, new phenomenon, like that's that's not news necessarily. That people that feel better about themselves tend to do better in life. Like that's that's not necessarily news. But it's also like okay. So this is my problem with what you said. Yes, ma'am. I was trying to uh, be as objective as possible and listen as I like am defensive from jump because it starts out with a conversation about girls who have sex as teenagers have low self-esteem i didn't say that i didn't say that i almost want to finish my (laughs) okay (laughs) come on i don't know what my point is Mm -hmm. we got some more wine (laughs) i still ain't fucking with your article though that girls with low self-esteem uh you don't gotta be Nah, it's like I didn't say with low self esteem. Or that like there's a correlation. It is a correlation. Okay. It's also like scientific articles, scientific articles that say that they're like uh no, that was mine. That say that um that climate change ain't real. Like like and and like the anti climate people will be like they they love them ten articles to go to. So anyway, I want to look at your article. Doctors kill people all the time based off of articles. Like, I get it. I totally understand it. I I be wanting to look at them articles, too. I totally understand what you're saying. Not lost on the yeah. concept at <laughs> all. Not lost at all. All I'm saying is what you heard me say. Like, I ain't, I ain't poking at it. Um... One of the things that I'm appreciating is the fact that, like, from this, you it, it should highlight, like, one of the points that black people talk about, and I'm talking about black people because I'm black. Black people talk about sex late. Like, when you start talking to them in high school, yeah. middle school about sex, you late. Yeah, you're not appreciating today. You're not appreciating Especially 2019. Today. You're not appreciating. Yeah. It. Um, I know that parents love to think that like, oh, my kid, we talk about everything. I don't give a fuck how good your relationship is. You are still their parent and it is uncomfortable, right? Like, like it, as, as beautiful as you're it's rel- not, it's not necessarily uncomfortable. It's not necessarily uncomfortable. It can be. Let me see that. It may only be because... We haven't put the effort in developing another type of relationship. Sure. Like the 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 objective is lost. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, and what I mean by that is, 
phone. We engage in sex early. Yes, we engage in sexual activity early. This is why I think the conversations can happen around three and four. Oh, absolutely. Because I find it backwards for adults who played games like House and I'm the mama and you the daddy and this is our kid or, you know, I ain't go get it my generation like i find it very backwards of adults to try to start them conversations around middle school high school when they they themselves were playing like sexual um 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 explorative games uh-huh. when they were in elementary uh-huh. yeah like touching on this to see what this like your hormones are already active yeah they take a spike for puberty but they already it's already happening this is where Freud got the phallic stage like it's already happening where boys discover themselves and girls discover themselves yeah well very early on yeah I mean that's three male, to, that's male, three to six well male babies get erections like yeah female infants have a lot of their mother's hormones in them like if you ever looked at a female baby like there is like swelling of their labia majora of their clitoris like that like stimulation also why molestation gets so tricky because this behavior that is a secret that we are taught is wrong or we're not talking about um feels good (laughs) <laughs> like it does. That ain't why it's tricky. Well, I think it's one of the complicated things. I think that for people who have been molested, like re- remembering like the experience as still pleasurable, right? Like so, wanting the experience. See, like, and and I'm gonna say this, right? That that's probably I can understand that to be and appreciate it from a woman's perspective. But as a man, um, on the other end of things, um, when you are sexually taken advantage of by an older woman. Um, or man. Well, I just think it's different. Yeah, but I think that, to to be fair, that little, like little boys are molested. And like the same thing, like whether it is an older male relative cousin, friend, like, that even then, like, it is pleasurable. I was talking me, but I feel what you're saying, too. You know what I'm saying? I feel what you're saying. You, your own personal experience. Mm -hmm. But I feel what you're saying, too. Well, I guess like because you said that's more from a female and I don't know that that's that's what I'm saying. I don't know that that's necessarily true. And it's a touchy subject. And I think that um, we recently talked about this. The patient I had who was like talking about um, the guilt of the things that he did in childhood. And so one of my questions was, well, who molested you? And he was like, nobody. 
And like it blew my mind. Like it was a very sincere answer. But then it was like, nah, like we, we wasn't being, uh, I wasn't molested. Like all the kids played, like we all was doing this. Like uh, from like two to 17, like we were messy, you know. And I was like, oh, you're not seeing this as molestation. You're seeing this as normal child sexual behavior, right? Um, and is there normal childhoods? Absolutely, right? Um, that a lot of people, although, and I think that we don't talk about it, but the norms, like, that we can say things like hide and go get it, like, this is a norm, right? Like, people know what we talk, I, I think that most Black people listening know what we talking about when we say hide and go get it, right? Um, I never play hide and go get it. I know what hide and go get it is because I know folks who played it, right? Were there other things that, like, we were doing? Yes. Like, but that particular, but a lot of people play high and go get it. What games y'all play? Um, I don't know that they had names. names. Yeah. Like, More than they were just sexual activity. Yes. No, I feel that. Like when children are allowed to go outside and play. By themselves with yes. no supervision. Yeah. Like no, when, personally, they, when, when there's a playhouse, like what we doing in the, like, it's not just a playhouse, we play in house, right? Like. And. I'm sorry, go on. I'm listening. And and then I think to complicate things that like if you are a child who has been violated, that like your level of play is different, right? Like this is what sexualized behavior is, right? Like so for a five-year-old to touch their penis or their vagina is not abnormal, even to touch someone else's and be curious, right? To realize for a five-year-old to be giving head is a different Thing, right? Like that is more indicative of someone who has been violated. Um, so in that those children are engaging with other children in a way that we don't necessarily talk about. We kind of only talk about um, when folks get caught and then we might not even talk about it, right? It might be like you can't play with them no more. Are you still doing the shit? You just know you're going to hide it. You just know that it's bad now. That your mama going to be mad. You learn how to be to be more secretive about it. And then I think... Um, and I think it's a conversation we're not having. Like, as black people, like, we're not having these conversations. And it's such a reality. And I don't think this is a new thing. I think it's very, very old. Um, I think that if... I think that our parents can talk about their similar experiences but they don't so just more of the shit we need to talk about right like i think why our objective in doing this is like we're gonna have some uncomfortable conversations about the culture (laughs) um but can help us be better i agree Mm -hmm. I agree. We got a little bit off task, or we, maybe not off task. I think that it was all important. But one of the things I think that I wanted to say to you when I was talking about myself is um, just really like thank you. Um, For not being there? No, for being there. For your ability to be like, like, this is important. And, um, the 
interest in being more understanding or like um, to put yourself, I guess, to the side. Um, I think that that is a very difficult thing to do. Um, like, and to apologize, like, I'm sorry for, for not considering you, for like not considering um, how difficult it must be for you, but like, for like the desire to want to be better for me. Um, and it's hard because like it ain't your responsibility to fix me, if that makes sense, right? Like, I think that is like where codependency exists, like um, like some of it, but it is, as my partner, I guess it is your responsibility to want me to be better, right? But that some of it is not necessarily like you can't, fix me because I think that that's unfair to you. And for me, like, I also don't want to, I see the suffering that you experience when I'm suffering, right? Like, so, and if I can be better, like, it will help us be better. And yes, I'm going to go through this shit. And I think that's what I was saying about, like, not making an excuse for my own mental illness or my own, like, um, like you asking me, like, like, what do we do? What do, what do, how do you actively change things, right? Um, like that, I, I have a certain, like that. Ultimately, like it, it, it is me, but like just appreciating someone who, um, who cares enough about me to want me to be better, right? Who cares enough about like my suffering to experience some of it with me and to not, and to do your best to not take it personal. I, I know that that's challenging, but I think that um, it's just important. And, and, and I think that this is just one thing, like also like challenging the things that I know aren't okay, that you're not okay with, right? And to not, to work on as my, as you being my example, like not taking all of your shit personal, right? Like to appreciate that, like you're a human being that I met at a certain place in your life with all of these experiences, like I said, like who have shaped you. Intersectionality. Um, yeah. And that like, uh, to be more understanding myself, more compassionate. And, uh, and, it's, and it's just important. Is important. It is. I'm with you. I'm with you. The um, no more reason is probably ain't gonna come as a shock for divorce is um, financial. Yeah. Stresses. Mm-hmm. But two probably unknown to a lot of people is actually the feeling of invalidation. Mm -hmm. Invalidation, for those listening who are not really familiar with the term, is not being seen. Not feeling like you being noticed. Your voice is heard. You are acknowledged. Uh, this is not to be agreed with. This is different than somebody picking your side or 
feeling how you feel about stuff. This is just being seen, your opinion being heard. You feeling like your point came across. Um, that's significant in the relationship. That's significant for people. This is why on Maslow's hierarchy of needs on the third level, um, it is love um, slash the sense of belonging because everybody want to belong to a group. Belonging is being noticed, being identified. Everybody want to be a member of a group. Everybody. This is why black people feel the way they feel about black people. This is why some black people talk bad about black people because they want to fit in other groups. Everybody want to fit in a group. Everybody want to be in a group. Whether the group accepts you or not is beyond the point. Everybody want to be in one. Wealthy. Teacher. What's your group? Mm hmm I can do this. This ain't nothing. <laughs> like, um... Clean it up. I don't really do groups because I think it's gang ties. I think you have a lot of gang affiliation. And, uh... Probably for the same reason that I don't have a tattoo. I don't know if I feel that concretely about anything. About anything. About life. About substance. About, like... I don't know if I feel concretely about anything. If if a person approached me tomorrow with enough valid validity in their argument, granted, I'm going to probably do my own research and, you know, whatever. But if they incite me to think differently, I'm going to change my mind. I mean, I was born a, a a Christian little boy in the South who believed in marriage and no longer believe in those concepts, Christianity or the other, like information should change you. Mm-hmm. Like it, it should have an impact on you. Not saying that you should be like, um, um, information should be like wind and you should be like, um, leaves that is out that have already fallen and easily move how the wind blows or information or data spreads. That's that's really how we in the, the, the situation we are with Trump. That's not what I'm advocating for. What I am saying is that you should consider information. Not accept it. You should consider it. Let it go through a funneling process. Analyze it. Appreciate it for what it is. Don't write it off because of who it came from, don't accept it wholeheartedly because of who it came from. Analyze it. Take it through your own personal funneling process. What do this mean to me? I know what marriage means to everybody else. I know what having kids means to everybody else. I know what going to school and getting a college degree means to everybody else. What does it mean to me? Does a college degree mean debt? Maybe it ain't my thing. Mm-hmm. While I'm in college the whole time, I'm resent the debt that I'm getting into. Probably not my thing. I probably need to do something else. So that don't self be true. So your group is yourself. So that sounds selfish, but I'm a, I'm a explain it. Life is personal. Mm-hmm. 
progress is personal because trauma is personal. Everybody been through different experiences of letdown. Because of that, you don't really ever have a group that you have that you share um, all characteristics and features with. Mm-hmm. You don't really have a group like I share um, some characteristics with black people because we black. Some of us probably from the south. All black people ain't from the south. Mm-hmm. Some of us probably like chicken. All of us probably don't like chicken. Mm-hmm. All we eat chicken. Like you, you, you share some characteristics with the group, but you will never like you will have less in common with every group that you are attached to than you have in common with them because your subjective experience trumps. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Like it, what you've been through, it it matters more. Um, your experience and your knowledge base, then you are really similar to the person in your group. Like we both in college, but you 18 and I'm 27. Yeah, we both here. We, we in very different spaces. I got a kid with one on the way. I'm married. You got a you got a family at home, a support system that's putting you through this. Mm-hmm. This is a very different situation. Mm-hmm. Like to say that um, all college kids look like what are you saying? Like within that context of being in the group or cohort of college kids, mm-hmm. we got a lot more less in common than we have in common. We have a lot less in common. Yeah, I got you. I, I got, got you. you. <laughs> I'm just trying to appreciate that I ain't your group. I got inside though. So, <laughs> but this the thing. So, like, even though life is personal, you can only grow with people. See, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Life is personal. Um. However. Your ability to transcend strongly, not not entirely, but strongly is influenced by the relationships that you hold. Mm-hmm. We change via our interactions with other people. Mm-hmm. That is how we gain insight. Whether it is a, a black boy going to an all-white school or it is a white boy accompanying accompanying his black girlfriend to his first black concert, rap concert. Like the experiences that we have, the interactions that we engage in, mm-hmm. they change us, they shift us, they 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 expose us to a new version of reality mm-hmm. in a way that I'm not necessarily sure that um a book even a conversation sometimes can do. Mm-hmm. To say this about um, being engaged in a relationship um, with mental health is evolved. Um, obviously, we know that black people have a um, 
hypersensitivity when it comes to mental health. Well, because of our exploitation, mm, exploitation um, with the uh, mental health system. Um, so actually, that's a good point. Like to speak to the importance of like having like black psychiatrists, having like in, um, black therapists, black psychologists that. Um, um, there's some ways in which I know that I engage with my black patients from a place of understanding that they feel right. Mm-hmm. That isn't about like, I think I'm a good doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Like it isn't just about me being a good doctor, right? But it's about me being able to appreciate that in a way that goes beyond like the couple of classes and cultural <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, multiculturalism. Yeah, like, Black people are more resilient. Yeah. Uh, Mexican people believe in family the most. Yes. Um, that, Asian people uh, have a thing for education and familial connections, and white people have a sense of um, self reliance. Yes. Um, that is significant. And and let me tell you the thing about this is that oversimplification is shitty. It is shitty. It. Is shit. The model is for white middle class kids. That is who that is for. Like even the fact that like the way that those conversations have traditionally been framed in a way like multicultural like understanding is also like for them. It 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 within itself is problematic, right? Like um, and but yeah, like I I know one of the things like being taught like you want to deal with black people in mental health like include the church we mm-hmm. talk about this and like because all black people is christian how many black people don't fuck with the church man let me tell you <laughs> and, and, and like there are black kids being raised atheists this is my gripe <laughs> with the textbook mm-hmm. and i love the textbook obviously i'm still in school i love college not a big deal i'm not coming for it but here i come yeah <laughs> Like, like my thing for the textbook is it's late. Yeah. Like by the time the research, for those of y'all that don't know, it take about four years for research to develop. Let's say another year for it to be published. So if I start a research project in 2019 you won't see it. It won't reach the public until about 2024. 2024. At that time, it's late. Five years has elapsed. Like you're like this is not me um, denying the 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 uh, uh, value of research because mm-hmm. I appreciate research. In a lot of ways, but I'm also saying that research is not the uh, end all be all. Like, because you also have to appreciate that research is only a reflective mirror. Like, it shows you what was in the rear view, it shows you a snapshot only of the past. Does not holistically tell you what the past is, only a snapshot in the moment of what the past was. And you can appreciate that, but don't, it's best to not overgeneralize that information. Mm -hmm. 
to make it mean something that it probably don't mean today. Yeah. Yeah, probably, probably, uh, uh, for instance, <laughs> probably women agree with being called bitch in 2019. And when you do the research in 2024, they be like, nah, they, they ain't like that. And if you was in women's faces in 2022, you would have known that. They've been changed their mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like they go to the DJ now and went independent bitch or bad bitch or that's my gutter. Like any any song degrading women come on, they be like, nah, DJ, turn that shit off. We ain't with that shit no more. Mm-hmm. Like if you was, but if you was out there, you'd have been on that. Yeah, because like, shit. We not having the same conversation about R. Kelly. <laughs> Four years ago, five years ago, although his behavior has been problematic for a long time. Like, uh, niggas are stepping in the name of love. Like, Yo, you better not play that shit at somebody's uh, like wedding. I, and, and and this ain't this ain't me coming for R. Kelly because I ain't really into that. Honestly, I I think he need I think he need uh therapy. I, I I'm pro therapy for 100 percent of people living yeah. on planet Earth. Like I think he need therapy, especially for what he been through. And this is the issue with uh child molestation. Um, they don't have anybody to process this uh experience with like you were saying how it feels good like this is why we got to have the conversations earlier because the thing that i don't understand that no adult is talking to me about feels good yeah like imagine leaving the kid with cookies for a year unsupervised guaranteed the kid is obese when you when you come back to him yeah like how could you leave a kid with their favorite thing? They don't understand this, that I don't really need all of these cookies every time I get hungry. They don't really understand. It feel good. Yeah. When I touch my when I touch my private party, it feel good. When this happened to my private party, it feel good. No, no adult is talking me through this. No one is walking me through this. They're actually saying don't let nobody touch you. Or not. And then you don't tell them. Because we haven't developed that relationship. And adults be like, I don't know why they want to talk to me. You know why. Yeah. Like parenting is lifelong. Shit, I even be wanting to challenge the same reason you didn't talk to your mama when you was being touched. And 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 differently. Because we haven't established this type of relationship. It's very concrete. Like if a kid felt safe, you like one of the things that some adults don't know is that all kids do not not talk to their parents. Mm-hmm. Like some adults don't know that. Yeah. Like they don't know that it's possible for like kids, like a teenager, which is where this is the critical moment where kids are like anti-adults, like where teenagers have open lines of communications with father and or mother. Right. Like, this is because we was already talking. Right. I didn't start talking to them when they turned 13. Right. It wasn't a special thing that clicked. We've been talking. They feel comfortable. Like, now I'm on the same plank as as a peer. Right. Who talks to them every day. Right. I talk to them every day. We've established this type of relationship. 
Right. The average. But, but I'm still saying, though, that they still might not talk to you. Like, even though you've established that, like, they still not might not talk to you about everything. And that's where, like, don't take it personally. That's also where the village comes in, right? Like, what you can't talk to your mama it about, does, but you let me, might be able to talk to your auntie about. And let me say this. That's the same reason why little dudes in the hood be feeling like what you can't talk to your mama about, you can talk to the drug dealer about. Sure. It's because availability. Yeah. We still fundamentally going back to the same thing. They were not available earlier on. There is a reason why I am attracted to certain images and certain role models and certain influences. It has a lot to do with my first six years of existence. How was our communication? Did we talk? Again, we talking about at 13, 14, 15. Like some people ain't talking till then. Mm-hmm. Like we only talking superficially. How was your day? I don't really want to know. Please don't tell me nothing like strange that I really got to deal with. Mm-hmm. That's really going to make me pay. Man, come on, man. Like we don't, we not, we not really investing, investing, investing. We not, we not approaching it like it's, like it's dire. Yeah. Like it's a thing to raise a kid. First of all, like. To address any issue, you have to initially, like, accept this issue. Yeah. Like, part of it is, like, it's the self-righteousness of us, like, to not even acknowledge that it's an issue. Like, the way, like, we're not nailing raising black children. Mm -hmm. Look at the black adults. You don't have to, like, all of this stuff ain't hard. Look at the black adults. We're not we're not nailing it. Mm-hmm. Look at dropout rates. Look at poverty. Like I mean, come on. Look, we're not nailing it. Like at one point in time, we're gonna have to have a, like a serious conversation of like what it means to be black in America and how do we um, socialize black people, socialize mm-hmm. and raise and develop the the most successful version of what that means. Right. Not African. Not American. But black in America, like specific to what it is. Right. This is a lot of people's gripe with Obama. Mm-hmm. Obama, I love you. I don't got no gripes with you. If I see him in public, I mean in person, when we have a sit down, <laughs> talk about some stuff. But what I'm saying is, there's a lot of people gripes with Obama is the fact that because black people went through a specific thing in America and he never did anything specific for black Americans, they ain't rocking with him. Like student forgiveness loans helps all Americans. Obamacare, Affordable Care Act helps all Americans. Not a bad thing. I totally understand it. All I'm saying is black people have a specific experience in America. But... um. We what you had me listening to the other day, uh, Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory, I fuck with like I fundamentally like I've been saying the same shit he said about Obama when he was like the fucking image is the most powerful thing he did for us. The fact that fucking this black man and his black wife and his black children were the head of this country like that image fundamentally changed the way black children will see themselves i don't give a so fuck. so let me Wait, say hold this. on let me just say please. though like please. that like please 
Like that shit is important. Like what it means for like a five-year-old. Totally understand that. Totally not debating that or none of that. You okay? A five, yeah, yeah, yeah. For none, a five-year-old black child, though. To see a, a, a black president and for an eight-year-old black child at the time to only know a black president, yes. especially a black girl who has seen not only a black president, but two black little girls be raised in the White House. Yes. Like, yes, I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. I am saying something different. Okay. I'm just challenging when they be like, he didn't I, I do am, nothing for us. I am be saying, like, I don't know about that. So, so the symbol, the symbol and, and I use I use a different I use a different terminology. I use symbol instead of image. The symbol of what Obama represents could not be outdone by any policy he could have ever passed. That is fact, because the symbol actually addresses the history of black people's experience in America. This is why it matters. Mm-hmm. Understand, now, understand what I said initially. Some black people are mad at dude because, or President Obama, I don't want to be disrespectful, are mad at him because they feel like he didn't do anything specifically for black people. Mm-hmm. This is because black people are aware that they have a specific experience in America. Mm -hmm. The reason why the symbol of Obama, President Obama, is bigger than any policy he could ever pass is because of that experience in America. It's valid. The critique is valid. This is not to say, because I rock with him. I did one of my favorite people ever to exist in the world. I'm talking about like after MLKX. It's, it, from American context, we talking about Obama next. Really, he top three. Jay Z, Jay Z top five. <laughs> Jay Z after Master P. <laughs> man, say man, I don't really know why Master P don't get enough love. Man, Master P is like. Master P the man, uh, Master yeah. P did everything black men want to do in life. Yeah. Took his family, not only his family, community out of poverty. Master P took a lot of different families out of poverty. Not just see murder, not just close relatives. Like he took families out of poverty. Yeah. Like played in the NBA. Come on, man. Everybody want to play in the NBA. All black kids. That I'm talking to, what you want to be? NFL, NBA, that's every time. Played in the NBA, he rapped, traveled the world, put his son on Nickelodeon. Come on, man, his son in front of them people every day. Now, Master P deserved, like, when Black History Month go in February, Master P deserved March. (laughs) We supposed to go right into Master P Month. That's spring break month. Yeah. Yeah, man, we're supposed to be no limit. All March. No limit. I appreciate that. All right, baby. I think we should wrap up. Now you got a lot to say. What you wanna what you wanna say on the wrap up? Um I'm just really excited. 
let them know where they can find us and email us back with um stuff that they kind of want us to talk about or how they felt about the show yes please give us feedback um that's important so if you want to reach us on via email melanin minded 713 because neither of us are from houston but we rep in houston right we live in houston yeah i fuck with houston so melanin minded 713 but i'm from the d it got to be my my people are never let me live it down. <laughs> I'm from two one four Dallas, Texas, Oak Cliff, Texas. I seven five two one six. My people are never let me live it down. Yeah, I've been yeah, in Houston yeah. a decade, but I am a Dallas Cowboy, Maverick, Ranger, Star. Yeah, we talk hockey too. Yeah, <laughs> is that Dallas's hockey team? Stars. I didn't even know that. That's shit. Dallas Stars. This is garbage. My, what? <laughs> we just come off a ring. I think that's uh Mike Madonna. Let me Google that uh, shit. All right, give me a second. I'm gonna Google it though. Yeah, but, man. So, Melanie Mike. M E L A N I N. Just put M I N D D seven one three at gmail.com. Hit us up. Um, you find some interesting stuff you want to. What share. is that, Melanie Minded? Seven one three at gmail.com. Um. Okay. And you can find us on Instagram. Um, please, 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 please um, follow the podcast on Instagram. Um, we, I don't have, I'm sure I'll expand other um, forms of social media right now. Instagram is the way to go. Um, and Just follow us. All y'all got Instagram anyway. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's go ahead. G-O-A-H-E-A-D. I'm listening. I-M-L-I-S-T-E-N-I-N. And Instagram. Let's the handlebar. Um and follow us, share with your friends, um, and just let us know what you think. You can also uh send us DM us, send us anything you want. Um, if that's an easier form of communication for you, um, or email us and um let us know what you think. Also, because I don't want to be missed, uh, I ain't from Houston. Uh, I'm from Pomona, California, P Town. Um. And or whatever, or whatever my ass. I mean, Pomona <laughs> cool, Pomona cool. Shout out to Pomona. Oh, you so petty. <laughs> you so petty. Um, Dallas gonna be proud of me. Yeah, yeah, go on, child. Dallas gonna be proud. Of me. <laughs> They're gonna be like, yeah, nah, yeah, I appreciate man. that. I think that like people from like other places got it. Texans are pretty bad about that. I'm, are we tribal? I'm. Yeah, but like I'm from California, it speaks for itself. I don't have to do all that. No, yeah, yeah, y'all better than. <laughs> yeah, so, only because y'all in California. It, like we earned all our stripes. That's why we tribal. It's a little different. Like y'all, you was y'all born, are different. You were born. Texans in, are different. You were born into being a Californian. Even black Texans are different. Yeah, like, we earned all shit, our stripes. This shit is crazy. Like they. Yeah, we we earned all our stripes. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, follow us, contact us, um, as the show goes forward, if you're interested in being a guest on our show, you're in the, um, Houston area, at least for now, um, then hit us up, let us know you got a story to tell. You want to talk about your own experience. We'd love to have you on, um, love to connect with you. Um, and the other thing I think that I really want to encourage, I think you said this, um, a hundred percent of people need therapy. Yes. Um, I think that if nothing else, um, we all going through stuff. Um, 
and even I, I even want to get away from this idea that therapy is for um, crazy, tragedy, mentally ill, well, not, not even trauma, just conflict, like conflict. I really think couples. Yeah, I think that therapy really anyone who's been through therapy knows that sometimes the most growth in therapy happens in the calm. Like, like that is when you're able to really gain insight and to grow and helps you deal with the next storm that's going to come better than you had in the past. And that all of us are going through stuff. And, um, and therapy allows you to make sense of what's happening. Again, when we talk about anxiety and, and certain mental illness, we talking about um for a lot of it. We're talking about the emotional experience overwhelming you. When you have knowledge and understanding, the emotional experience is not as impactful because of that knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. Once you understand why I feel like this, why I get angry, why when she says certain stuff, I respond like this, it allows you to deal with it and address it. Again, you can't address a problem that you never actually identified as a problem. Some of us identify anger as, um, well, she shouldn't have said this. Well, she probably shouldn't have said that. But did you have to break a mirror? That's probably not the right response to, to do. And for the type of growth that we as people are looking for, and anybody who tell you that they ain't in the growing, they lying, that, that we as people are looking for, that's necessary. That, that it's it's necessary that you also appreciate your emotional response to situations. It, it, it's necessary. Yeah. So therapy, there it is. There, um, and we see y'all. Um, expect to hear from us at least for now. Two weeks. In two weeks, every two weeks. And um, I love y'all. Thanks for listening. I love y'all too. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> All right.